All right. Welcome. Uh, it's a twofer because I just had the great Marshall Teague, who played Jimmy from Roadhouse on Inappropriate Earl. That episode will be out Monday. And it was kind of surreal to sit down and watch Roadhouse in my house with one of the main actors from the movie. And he was great. He was on for about an hour and a half, answered every silly question I could muster up about Roadhouse. But uh, here's the weird thing about Hollywood is you don't realize that even though he's probably best known uh, for that movie, he's been in like a hundred films, many, many TV shows. I mean, he was in everything from like, the Fall Guy, to the original A-Team, to the original MacGyver, uh, been in movies directed by legendary uh, people like John Milius. So uh, his history in the business is much more than just Roadhouse. But of course, that's why I had him on. And we delved into the filming of that, his uh, iconic fight scenes with Sam Elliott and Patrick Swayze. So I hope you enjoy that. Uh, Today's kind of a bonus episode. As many of you know, I just got back from Montreal filming Roast Battle for Comedy Central. And uh, it was pretty neat, to be honest with you. Uh, many of you know my, I guess you'd call them struggles in the entertainment business. I've literally never been on TV as a comic. And within uh, a seven-day period, I was on Comedy Central four times. So it's kind of surreal to me that you could go 16 years with little to no success in this business and then in one week be on uh, the number one comedy channel in the world four times, prime time, on uh, the hottest uh, show, not just in Los Angeles, but the hottest new uh, stand-up comedy-related show on TV right now. And uh, a lot of people have been asking me uh, to tell them about it. And it's not that I'm tired of telling the story, but I thought I'd do a podcast so everyone could hear the, uh, the story themselves and uh, hopefully enjoy it. Uh, many of you guys know that I started uh, from day one on Roast Battle. Um, you know, and when I say day one, I mean I was up there when... Josh Martin and Kenny Lyon were going to get into a fight. And then Brian Moses suggested instead of fighting in the parking lot that they kind of go upstairs and uh, battle each other, roast each other, insult each other, whatever you want to call it. Basically do anything that would prevent them from fighting. Because uh, fighting at the comedy store is like the one thing that will get you an automatic ban for at least six months, if not uh, for longer than that. And uh, so cooler heads prevailed. They battled, uh, even though there was hardly anyone in the room. Uh, Moses' idea was, hey, why don't two new people battle next week? And, and then it just, I've never seen a show build from literally six people in the room to now every single week. It is standing room only almost three years later. I'm not sure of the exact start date. I mean, I don't remember really what I did two days ago, let alone uh, when Roast Battle started. But it's been also surreal to see a show start from literally nothing to 
the hottest show in LA two years running and uh, Comedy Central, the feedback has been amazing for it. So I think that uh, bigger and better things, if you can believe that, um, are on the way. But uh, I started out for about the first uh, year being kind of like a Archie Bunker type character. I called it the house racist. And then uh, when I was running into a few problems, I was the house hater. And about a year into the show, I was, I was kind of running out of things to say. It's It's been, uh, you know, it's a tough character to do every week on your own, to come up with anywhere from, you know, four to six racist, homophobic lines, but have them also be funny. So I brought on board the uh, lovely and talented Whitney Rice, because I thought, you know, what if I had a really hot girl who's funny sit next to me? It, it would help kind of soften the blow of you know, the, the wackiness of, you know, what I was saying. And uh, really the idea of bringing Whitney on came about one night uh, when I was doing it on my own. And I really thought people all along got what I was doing. I mean, you'd have to be uh, pretty dim-witted to think that a show hosted by a black uh, male, Brian Moses, would have a literal racist uh, two inches from him on the side of the stage saying some pretty vile things unless everyone knew it was a character. But one night after the show in the parking lot of the comedy stores, pretty big black dude comes up to me and said, yo, man, what's with the racist bullshit? And I was like, oh, you know, man, it's a character like Archie Bunker. And he looks at me and goes, who the fuck is Archie Bunker? And thank God Moses was standing to my left. I'm like, hey, man, Moses, this guy wants to talk to you. And as soon as the guy turned around, I ran out of the parking lot. Uh, even though a couple of weeks later, Jim Carrey, who I've never met before in my life, he was judging one night. He sought me out in the parking lot and just whispered into my ear, hey, Archie, where's Edith? So that gave me a little bit of hope that, you know, one of the great comic minds of our time, of all time, Jim Carrey, instantly got what I was doing. Uh, then I was headed on the right path, but I was still running out of things to say, you know, it's just because, uh, the first year I didn't repeat any jokes, you, you know, even if the situation called for it, I would say, gotta say something new, gotta say something, you know, dirtier, wilder than last week. Uh, but I, uh, saw Whitney, I think perform at potluck once. And I thought, wow, she, she looks like Julia Roberts, but she's also super funny. And, uh, she came on board and killed it right out of the shoot. Uh, she did it for about, uh, about eight months, eight, nine months. Uh, she went up with me to Montreal. Uh, the first time roast battle went up there, uh, last year untelevised, uh, but it was a very similar format. And, uh, you know, I thought the first night it would be funny. You know, I thought, wow, we're in Montreal. I'll have Whitney wear a Montreal Canadiens jersey of the legendary enforcer, George LaRock. And I thought, well, the crowd will really get behind my character if I wear a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey of the their legendary enforcer and friend of mine. And it was a game-worn jersey of Ken Baumgartner, the bomber. Uh, and the crowd literally hated me. Whitney killed it. I mean, I did so bad that first night in Montreal last year that I was looking up a plane rides home. 
But uh, Whitney and Jason Reitman kind of talked me into staying. So, dude, just do what you do in the belly room. Don't try anything different. And uh, the rest of the week worked out fine. Me and Whitney killed it each night. And, uh, you know, the, the show got bigger and better after uh, Montreal last year. And uh, bigger names started uh, showing interest in doing it, uh, which brought us to this year. Um, I think, you know, I be, uh, came a roaster, uh, I don't know, seven, eight months ago when I uh, took on my girlfriend at the time, Olivia Grace at LA Riot. And we had a great battle. It was back and forth, went into overtime. Uh, it was an amazing battle. Uh, of course, I think we broke up two weeks later. So, uh, you know, I've learned a lesson uh, not to uh, roast battle anyone you're dating. It, it really just never works out because um, it's happened to me twice. <laughs> so, you know, I've only lost to uh, women in roast battle. So um, I'm going to start taking on dudes. And uh, so ever uh, since me and Olivia uh, had such a good battle, I was asked to maybe battle a little more and uh, had several other battles uh, that uh, all went in my favor uh, for the most part. And uh, I think they, due to TV uh, constraints and the fact that there would be uh, more judges and uh, not interruptions, but more... Uh, sideshow elements uh, on the TV show Roast Battle on Comedy Central. It was deemed that the hater role would not be needed, which initially kind of bummed me out. I was like, wow, I've been on this show for so long and, you know, helped uh, helped it survive in the early days when the battles weren't the best. Uh, and uh, so I was kind of sad. Then I was asked, well, hey, we still want you involved in the show. Would you be willing to battle? And uh, even though battling's not really my thing, you know, it's just not my sense of humor. I'm, uh, I guess, marginally uncomfortable looking at someone uh, I like and going, hey, this is what I find wrong about you. But I still wanted to be part of the show. So I'm like, sure, no problem. I'll battle. So uh, Comedy Central uh, and uh, Roast Battle had a series of shows around the country called Road to Roast Battle. And the first show was uh, in the belly room at the comedy store. Uh, and then uh, shows after that were in Austin, Texas, Chicago, and New York, where the best of the best were picked from those cities. And uh, it was very intimidating to be a part of the Road to Roast Battle. Uh, for my show in the belly room, I was given the unenviable task of taking on the great Jesse Joyce, who is Comedy Central's number one roast writer. He's written, I think, on every Comedy Central roast. And anyone who's ever seen him on late night TV, uh, on many uh, TV appearances, knows he is an amazing writer and an amazing comic. So when I found out that that was my opponent, you know, I was freaking out. You know, and I thought, wow, how am I going to beat this guy? I mean, he gets paid to do this stuff. But, uh, you know, I had a strategy. And uh, Jesse, uh, you know, that's what I love about Roast Battle is so much of it is strategical. You know, if you really break down your opponent and you know their styles, uh, you can win if your strategy is better than theirs. And that works for and against me. And I'll talk about that in my Saratiana battle. Uh, 
because she had amazing strategy against me. But for Jesse, um, and I probably shouldn't say this in case I do uh, another battle, which I don't really intend on doing many in the future. I'm like Brock Lesnar now, baby. I only do the pay-per-views, maybe an occasional uh, Monday Night Raw. But uh, for Jesse, I knew that he tended to be uh, long-winded. And I mean that in a complimentary way. You know, he's a wordsmith. And I just had a feeling if I made him go first, his first joke would go long, which would perfectly set up my first joke slash rebuttal. Uh, I, and some people don't like this. Uh, they look at it as possibly cheating. But uh, I don't necessarily do roast jokes. I do rebuttals. Um, when I am given a an opponent, I look at myself naked in the mirror, and I've said this before on other uh, podcasts with Pat Barker and Leah K. Janian. Uh, I look at myself in the mirror and go, okay, what can they make fun of? Do I have love handles? Is my, am I balding? Uh, do I have a big head? Uh, do I have a lopsided shoulder? And once, in my view, I figure out physically and visually what they can attack, I then look into my family background, and uh, obviously with my... Uh, Aunt Ethel, uh, you know, I know that's going to be a target, uh, which it was in every battle in Montreal and pretty much any battle I do. Uh, Ex-girlfriends, uh, can uh, that be brought into the uh, subject uh, of roasting Earl? And sometimes it can, and sometimes it can't. You know, the, I think the crowd really has to know the girl for it to hit. Like in Montreal, I don't think anyone was going to talk about... Uh, uh, anyone but Olivia uh, because she's on the show so you know people would know who she was uh, versus uh, some of the other girls I've dated that uh, you know that crowd wouldn't know and it would just take too long to set up the joke so uh, you know with Jesse I had planned on and this is one of the tough things about roast battle is you have to say some things that you aren't necessarily comfortable with and I know uh, Jesse had uh, gone through a divorce. And in full fairness uh, to me and Jesse, uh, I had asked him uh, probably about an hour before the roast, hey, man, is there any subjects that you don't want me to talk about? Because my second joke involved uh, his best friend, Greg Giraldo, who had, uh, you know, unfortunately, one of the greats of our time uh, and definitely probably the best roaster ever of the current uh, era. Uh, he had committed suicide, and I know that that was, uh, he and Jesse were writing partners, uh, and Jesse was like, no, you can say whatever you want, and uh, I said, same same with you, um, and I think he knew basically what I was asking. You, you know, if you're roasting Jesse Joyce, I think he assumes that you're going to do a Geraldo joke, maybe a divorce joke, and uh, certainly I was if he gave me the green light, and uh, so Jesse's first joke went long. And uh, the judges that night for Road to Roast Battle were Joe Rogan, Dane Cook, Bobby Lee, and, of course, Jeff Ross. So it was a A-level squad of roasting uh, judges. I mean, every comic a headliner in their own right. Dane Cook, at one point, uh, the biggest comic in the world. Joe Rogan, certainly um, probably the biggest comic right now. Uh, you know, sells out everywhere he goes. The UFC uh, announcer. Bobby Lee, you know, Mad TV, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, Jeff Ross, the Roastmaster. So there's an incredible amount of pressure. And, 
you know, me and Jesse were the last battle of the night. And there were some uh, amazing battles that night. Uh, and, you know, it was a lot of pressure for the 10 roasters going that night uh, because you knew they were probably only going to pick maybe two people from each city. And then there was going to be people brought back from uh, last year, you know, Tom Ballard, Matt Broussard, Jimmy Carr. So, uh, you know, the numbers were, you know, uh, small of, of you going to Montreal. Even if you had a good roast, it was like, you better have a great roast because uh, good roast is not going to be good enough. So uh, Jesse's first joke went long, and uh, my first joke slash rebuttal was, wow, that joke lasted longer than your first marriage. And it really popped. It got the room going. And it was such a short joke that Jesse was looking at me like, okay, when's your first joke? I'm like, that's it. And then uh, he did a second joke that, uh, you know, kind of like the first one was a little wordy and uh, went long again. And... Uh, I believe my second joke was something along the lines of, I'm very scared to be up here, which is true. I mean, Jesse is Comedy Central's number one roast writer, and his jokes kill. And then I started walking over to him, Greg Giraldo, and it popped big. And then uh, I don't really remember the rest of the jokes that we had on each other. Uh, he had some really funny jokes about my parents and uh, me, uh, Rob Schneider, uh, which is another target uh, people chose to, uh, you know, use it. It's there because uh, I opened up for Rob for four years. And uh, the battle for me selfishly couldn't have gone any better than it did. Um, and I think I raised a lot of eyebrows that night of, oh, he can not just roast, but he can beat someone who's a pretty high caliber opponent. And uh, from the Los Angeles show, uh, three people were picked, myself, Sarah Tiana, and Olivia Grace. And uh, about a couple weeks later, you know, we were all really nervous because we didn't know who we were going up against. The lineups uh, had not been finalized. Uh, I think uh, certain people were asked to do it and they didn't for various reasons. Uh, and the final 16 uh, ended up being Jimmy Carr, the champ from last year, Christy Ciello, who's this awesome comic out of L.A., myself, Tom Ballard, a uh, very, very funny uh, Australian comic who a lot of people thought beat Jimmy last year. Uh, the great New York comic, Mark Norman, Tony Hinchcliffe. Everyone loves Tony. Steve Renazizi, Sam Morell, Ralphie May, Miss Pat, Matt Broussard, Mike Lawrence, Sarah Tiana, Chris Cubis, Olivia Grace, and Kay Trevor Wilson. Uh, those were the 16. And so we got about a week and a half notice on who we were battling and the brackets were done like an NCAA tournament style. And, uh, you know, obviously everyone had a tough bracket. Everyone had a tough first round opponent. Uh, myself, uh, I think I had the toughest bracket by far uh, because my first opponent was Tom Ballard. Super, super funny Australian gay comic. And like I said, uh, you know, a lot of people last year thought he beat Jimmy uh, in the tournament. And then uh, if I was lucky enough to beat Tom in the second round, if Jimmy beat Christy, uh, I would get Jimmy. And then looking ahead to my uh, the other portion of my bracket, um, I thought most likely whoever got out of that bracket I was in would face Sarah Tiana. And this is before you even get to the finals. 
So, I mean, to win this thing was really, uh, it was like the Stanley Cup. You know, you often hear that the Stanley Cup is the hardest trophy in sports to win. Uh, well, I definitely think Roast Battle uh, is the toughest uh, comic uh, comedy uh, competition uh, to win because you have to beat four uh, elite level roasters in five days. Uh, you know, just to give you an idea of, you know, at least how the LA battlers uh, do it. Uh, you know, you for a uh, battle in LA have three weeks to two months to prepare for one battle. And a lot of times that's not even enough. Um, so to do four battles, not just battles, but four battles against the top of the top in five days was, uh, completely insane. So for my first opponent, um, Tom Ballard, I had, uh, in about close to two weeks notice, I had 107 jokes and, uh, you know, I felt pretty confident, you know, and Tom's amazing. So I, I definitely didn't take him lightly. Uh, and he's really likable and he knows what's coming. He knows the, the, the big angle of attack on him is going to be, uh, the gay uh, factor, uh, and so it's, it's kind of a, you know, it's almost, I tried not to do any gay jokes on him cause I thought that would mess with his mind. But you know, when I, as soon as I got up there, I'm like, okay, let's go to the gay jokes. You know, just the adrenaline kicked in. I didn't feel, uh, that confident in the non gay jokes. Cause other than that, he, he's kind of, you know, regular dude. He's a, a vegetarian and he's liberal, but you know, people don't want to hear political jokes up there. They want you know, the raunchy stuff, uh, in my opinion. So, uh, the first night we had, uh, the battles were, uh, myself and Tom, uh, Jimmy Carr and Christy. I, and I think, uh, Sarah Tiana and Chris Cubis. And I think I'm trying to remember who the, uh, f third battle was that night. Uh, I think it was Ralphie May and Miss Pat. I might be mistaken on that, but, uh, the results were uh, Sarah Tiana beat uh, Chris Cubis in a very tight battle. I was really, uh, and I was glad I got to watch that just to see how the crowd would react. And uh, then uh, me and Tom battled next, and I uh, beat him. And uh, for the for the record, the judges that first night were uh, David Spade and Kevin Hart, and of course uh, Jeff Ross would uh, would be the tiebreaker uh, in any vote. And then uh, Ralphie beat Miss Pat. And then Jimmy Carr beat Christy Cielo. But uh, Christy gave Jimmy a great run. Uh, you know, you, I guess you'd say uh, Jimmy won. I, I don't want to say handily, but, uh, you know, you, you would definitely say he won. But Christy hung in there with the champ. And it was, uh, I think, a little closer than most people thought it would be. And, uh, you know, Christy's just so likable and... and you know, that's huge in roast battle is to be likable because you can get by, you know, that's how I win a lot of my battles is, uh, I'm not a great roast joke writer. And I've often said that, uh, and a lot of people think that's me being humble, but I, I win the majority of my roast by being more likable than my opponent. And, uh, then in the second night, I, uh, Mark Norman, Tony Hinchcliffe, uh, Tony, uh, beat Mark, uh, and I, you know, I stand corrected. The, uh, third battle on the first night was Steve Renazizi against Sam Morell. And uh, because Steve and it's easy uh, and Sam were right after my battle with Tom. 
Sorry about that. And uh, Sam won. Uh, Steve, unfortunately, uh, flubbed his first joke. And, uh, you know, just, you know, in a four joke battle, if you flub your first joke, there's just no time to recover. Uh, and, you know, I think Steve was one of the more anticipated uh, opponents in the uh, roast battle because of the whole 9-11 story. And uh, he knew people were coming at him. I actually got in the first Renazizi joke that night because I knew he was the battle after me. So I said about Tom Ballard, uh, Tom, your career is such a disaster. Steve Renazizi is telling people he was there. And uh, the crowd liked it. And uh, Kevin Hart loved it. Uh, and then the second night, uh, Tony beat Mark. Ralphie beat Miss Pat then. Uh, Mike Lawrence beat uh, Matthew Broussard. And uh, K. Trevor Wilson beat a very... Uh, hobbled Olivia Grace. For those of you who haven't heard the story, uh, the first night um, after the battle, uh, Olivia went uh, was on her way to see uh, not just me, but uh, congratulate me on my win. But you know, obviously, hang out backstage with everyone else. And uh, a security guard wouldn't let her in, even though she was obviously on the show and could go anywhere she wanted. So she ran around the other side of the stage, tripped, and opened up a, probably a seven inch gash on her leg. And, uh, it was, you know, I've played hockey for 30 years. I've never seen a leg injury like this in my life. I mean, it was a seven inch gaping wound. Omid Singh, uh, put it perfectly because he said that it looked like an open sandwich on her leg. And at the time it happened, I was actually outside getting some fresh air. Everyone's, you know, I, I would say, me beating Tom Ballard was a bit of an upset, you know, because he was so highly regarded from last year's performance. Um, and so I'm in the best mood. And a friend of mine's like, Earl, you got to get in there. Olivia's down. She's hurt. She's down. I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? You probably just got a bad batch of nasal whiskey. And uh, then other people started, Earl, you got to get in there because they knew, I uh, mean, Olivia are close. And uh, when I got in there, Olivia was uh, in a state of shock. And she pushed me away. She's like, Earl, get out of here. I don't need this right now. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, but she uh, went to the hospital, I think got 35 stitches and battled uh, Kay Trevor on the second night. Now, Kay Trevor Wilson is one of the roasting legends of roast battle. Uh, he's not someone uh, that can be taken down uh, on, you know, full 100% health. Uh, and Olivia and he had a great battle. Uh, but K. Trevor, I guess, took it uh, barely that night. So then uh, we had 48 hours. Uh, we had till, uh, oh, I had 48 hours. You know, my bat first battle was Wednesday. Uh, so I was going to face the winner of Thursday night uh, between Jimmy Carr and Christy on Friday night. And like the Wednesday night show aired on TV Thursday night. Uh, the Road to Roast Battle aired, uh, I think, that Sunday night. So, you know, Sunday night, the Road to Roast battle aired. Uh, Monday, we all went to Montreal. Tuesday, we had, I wouldn't say a day off, but a day of preparation. And then uh, Wednesday, the, fir the first four battles, and that aired Thursday. And then uh, Thursday, the second four battles, and that aired Friday. And then, uh, so the final eight, uh, four battles uh, were on Friday night. That aired Saturday. And then the live finale was uh, Sunday which was completely petrifying. But, uh, you know, my second round opponent uh, was Jimmy Carr, the reigning champion of roast battle. And it was uh, by far and away the most controversial match of the tournament. Um, 
I'm still getting uh, modified hate mail from Jimmy's fans. Uh, you know, uh, Jimmy Carr is the best, and he's a very hard person to prepare for due to his unique style, uh, which is doing, uh, you know, what some would say are anywhere from two to four jokes to your one, because what he does is he'll do a joke, and then he'll tag it like two or three times. Now, some people would say that's one joke, and they're not wrong. I mean, it just depends on, you know, how you view it, and... uh Wow, it was uh, petrifying. So I knew I needed to do a, a gimmick up front to uh, call out his use of the clipboard he uses. And he, I've seen him battle probably six times. He's used the clipboard every time. So I had uh, Jeremiah Watkins from the Negro Wave. Uh, you know, every day they would go buy supplies for that night's battles. And I had him buy me a clipboard. And uh, my original idea was to break it over Jeremiah's back. But when I got the clipboard uh, a couple hours before the battle, uh, it was pretty hard. And I didn't want to hurt anyone. And I knew that my adrenaline would be flowing that night. Because it's amazing to do it in front of a few hundred people. And, and whoever the set designer was for Roast Battle, they did an amazing job. Because if you were there last year, it was basically just an open nightclub type of setting with a bunch of chairs. But... This looked like something out of Mad Max uh, Thunderdome uh, and the, the final fight scene set of Commando with Schwarzenegger and the great Vernon Wells, who was dressed in uh, some very homoerotic outfits in Commando. But that's another podcast. So it was just an amazing uh, adrenaline rush. So I'm like, well, dude, I don't want to break this over your back and hurt you. Then I thought, well, what if I just break it over my knee? I'm like, well, it's pretty hard. I don't want to break my kneecap and then it wouldn't break and I'd look even weaker uh, to the fans if I couldn't. So I came up with the idea of, you know, coming out my usual uh, leather pants and scarves and I put the clipboard uh, in the back of my, uh, basically in my ass, not in it, but, you know, down the backside. And I did it so Jimmy wouldn't see it because he's a smart dude. And if he would have seen it beforehand, he might have made adjustments. And... uh Unusually, uh, you know, they would, uh, I should say, usually they would bring the champ out uh, second, you know, like they do in wrestling, boxing, you know, the heavyweight champ. Uh, I don't know who it is now, but, you know, you would bring out the challenger first and then the champ. Jimmy, I think, because he was a fan of my entrances, he wanted to be a, on stage first to see what I would do, which actually helped me. So Brian Moses, who did an amazing job of hosting this, I, I can't imagine the pressure he was on. You know, I'm any roaster was on stage for maybe 10 minutes tops. Brian's out there the whole night and uh, keeping it going. And, uh, you know, national TV, uh, he unbelievable host um, and funny. So, you know, it's one thing just to be a good host. You've got to be funny on a comedy show as well. So uh, they introduced uh, Jimmy Carr and we were the last battle of the night. Cause I think they were afraid of what I was going to do entrance wise. And, uh, and then I hear my name and uh, I come out there and, and Jimmy's looking at me. And, and I mean, this is a complimentary way towards Jimmy, but he kind of has that uh, Christian Bale, American psycho um, demeanor to him. Like there's nothing there and he doesn't crack on stage at all. So uh, I came on stage and did my usual pro wrestling entrance. And as I got, to uh, my mark, you know, we were using wireless mics, so I had the mic, uh, got to my mark, and I pulled out the uh, clipboard. 
from my pants and uh, I, I looked like I was going to read from it and then the, the arena got quiet and I looked over at Jimmy and said, I don't need my clipboard, you need yours, bitch. And I threw the clipboard in the crowd and the crowd just went nuts. Uh, and um, I almost decapitated the lady in the front row with some huge tits. Uh, I apologize to her after. Um, and I think that won me the battle um, because the battle started. Um, my first two jokes killed uh, and uh, all of Jimmy's jokes uh, killed. Um, so if it was based on just the jokes, um, most people would have given it to Jimmy. But I think because I called them out on the clipboard usage instantly, uh, the judges voted for me and the judges uh, for the second night were uh, Jimmy Kimmel and Seth Rogen and Jeff Ross and uh, Jimmy Kimmel basically stated that he did not like uh, Jimmy Carr's use of the clipboard and, and his reading uh, pretty directly from the clipboard. And once again, all of Jimmy's jokes killed uh, my first two jokes killed. And then the last two uh, bombed uh, in full disclosure. Um, and, but I think Jimmy Kimmel liked the fact that I uh, called out the clipboard usage up top and, uh, he voted for me, and then Seth Rogen, who I've never met before in my life. So, uh, you know, there's it's not like they were just giving me the win to help a friend out. Um, I think his exact words were, um, Earl had the higher highs, and he definitely had the lower lows, but I like to ride the wave. And I think everyone at that point was, like, stunned. I remember looking at the judges, and I saw Sophie Cooper and uh, Lindsey Jennings literally their eyes were welling up because they're like, wow, Earl just beat the champ. And, uh, you know, it's a controversial decision. Uh, I was given the victory. And uh, let me say this. Jimmy Carr was amazing to me afterwards. He hugged me several times, said great job. Uh, you know, and let's be honest. Jimmy Carr's a millionaire because he does comedy. So uh, I don't think he really needed the 25 grand or the 15 grand for second place or whatever it was. Um I think he just he's a competitor and he liked the the thrill of the competition and he'll be back next year trust me on that one and uh, so will I so who knows what the future will bring for me and Jimmy but a lot of his fans felt like uh, they were cheated uh, I was accused of bribing the judges uh, you know and like I said I've been in a room with Jimmy Kimmel once before when he was a judge on Road to Roast Battle I'd never met Seth Rogen before so uh, I had nothing to do with their decision. Um, you know, it's kind of like in the old days of bodybuilding judging when sometimes uh, the winner of the Mr. Olympia, Olympia contest would be the biggest guy, just the biggest, most massive guy because some of the judges valued size over symmetry. And then towards, uh, I think, maybe the early and middle 90s, not necessarily smaller guys, but smaller guys were starting to win the Mr. Olympia because you had judges who valued symmetry instead of just pure mass. And, you know, unfortunately for Jimmy Carr, I think he ran into the two judges judging who valued my presentation over his. Um, and, you know, it's luck on my part. I mean, I think, and I don't know this, but I'm just guessing if it was Judd Apatow 
and Sarah Silverman judging that night, they probably would have given it to Jimmy. They wouldn't have given the uh, clipboard much credence. But uh, there's nothing I can do about it. You know, it's just the way it ended. So uh, the other uh, contestants uh, that night, uh, Sarah Tiana beat Sam Morell. So that was going to be my uh, semifinal matchup to get into the finals. And uh, Tony Hinchcliffe uh, lost to K. Trevor Wilson in an amazing battle. Uh, Mike Lawrence uh, beat Ralphie May handily. I would say that was the um, second most uh, controversial uh, matchup because, uh, you know, Ralphie May is one of the top touring comics in, in America, maybe the top touring comic. And uh, once again, like Jimmy Carr, he makes millions of dollars doing comedy. So when you have multiple homes in multiple states, uh, you're doing pretty good. I got one condo in West Hollywood, and it's not even all paid off yet. But, uh, you know, I think the controversy from uh, this uh, that matchup was, uh, you know, what's out of bounds in roast battle? You know, now I personally believe nothing is out of bounds in roast battle. Um, you know, I know that you know there is the potential one day in a future battle of someone making fun of my parents dying two months apart obviously i don't find that funny but you know when you sign up for roast battle you understand uh that that's going to be a target at some point you know when i battled olivia grace at la riot she was sexually assaulted i had a three-tiered sexual assault joke that i'm sure a lot of people in the crowd were like what the fuck so you know what you're signing up for, I guess is the point of what I'm saying. Um, and uh, Mike Lawrence, who Emmy-nominated writer and, and definitely probably the best writer out of the 16 comics roasting, um, he went pretty hard on Ralphie. Uh, and it wasn't just fat jokes. It was um, you know jokes about Ralphie's divorce. And um, you know I, I don't know what Ralphie's mindset was, but I... You know, Ralphie probably goes into every battle thing. It's just going to be fat jokes. And, uh, you know, Mike Lawrence is really clever. Uh, and so uh, Ralphie, uh, I'm not sure if anyone's uh, talked to him since that night because he was pretty pissed. Uh, but, you know, you, uh, you know, there was another uh, matchup uh, where, uh, you know, Mark Norman and Tony Hinchcliffe got into some personal issues that uh, a lot of people thought were out of bounds. And uh, I don't think anything's out of bounds myself in roast battle. Uh, put it this way, when I roast anyone, I am fully prepared to hear dead parent jokes, to hear uh, uh, previous uh, girlfriends and, uh, you know, the bad breakups that those were. Uh, I prepare myself for the worst. So the uh, that was on uh, Friday night. So here is where the roast battle got real interesting and real stressful. So the final four were myself, going up against Sarah Tiana and Mike Lawrence going up against K. Trevor Wilson. And it's, you know, it was an honor just to get to the, the final four. I mean, when you think about some of the people who lost in the first round, I mean, Mark Norman, probably the top comic in New York city, literally gets up nine times a night. Um, you know, uh, Olivia Grace, the darling of the show, uh, you know, Matt Broussard who finished second last year, you know, Tom Ballard, you know, a lot of people thought should have won it. Um, so it just goes to show you the talent of this field that, you know, those guys lost in the first round. <laughs> so the final four, uh, you know, ended Friday night. We knew, I knew I was going to battle Sarah and Mike and, uh, 
K. Trevor knew that they were going to battle. But here's where it got tricky is not only did I have to write for Sarah, but there was a consolation uh, match as well for the live finale. So not only were you going to have the finale, uh, but because there were cash prizes involved, you had to have a battle as well for the third and fourth place finish. So I had to write for Sarah Tiana, Mike Lawrence, and K. Trevor Wilson. So you had to write three battles on about you know 40 hours notice. And I don't mean just battles, but I mean, you know, live TV, the, no turning back. If you bomb, there's no bleeping it out. There's no, hey, let's cut and redo it. It's live and you are going to be large and in charge, baby cakes. Now, I don't know how Sarah, Mike and uh, Kay Trevor did it, but, um, you know, I had to make a real hard decision and I had to basically go, OK, I'm going to write 75 percent for Sarah because I'm trying to get to the finale. I'm trying to win that trophy. And what's it matter if, if I don't get past her? I mean, who cares about third or fourth place? And uh, I thought, well, if I beat Sarah, I'm, you know, you had to pick between Kay Trevor and Mike Lawrence, and it was a toss up. I mean, both amazing. I mean, uh, Kay Trevor's incredibly intimidating to roast because he's like a male Olivia Grace. You know, he knows uh, fat jokes are going to be coming. He's not fat, but, you know, for the. For the point of roast battle, he's going to be called fat. And, uh, you know, he's very much like a male Olivia where, you know, Olivia knows her um, roasting uh, weaknesses where people are going to hit her. And she basically looks at you and goes, uh, and Kay Trevor does the same. Uh, Ralphie Mae did the same. Uh, okay, I'm fat. What else you got? You're ugly. Um, so I had to pick, though, between one of the two as to who I would write the second amount most tour and I picked Mike Lawrence and then I wrote uh so for Sarah and believe me I'd uh co-writers on this everyone used writers I think for except for Mike Lawrence which is even more insane that he uh, won it all uh with virtually no help um I'm not sure who K Trevor used if anyone but uh you know, I had more uh, co-writers than Bon Jovi did on his last album. But I don't want to say who they are because I don't know if they want to be known for it. Uh, uh, you know, I guess I should have asked them before I did this podcast. But uh, let's just say I'm big fans of Doug Fager and Omid Singh. Two great comics. Read into that what you will. Wink, wink. Um, and uh, at some others assisting as well. Um, which is what I love about Roast Battle. It's a very community-like feel. Like, I'm sure there were comics back in L.A. who were bummed out that they didn't get to do um, what I was getting to do, but they wanted to hear their jokes on TV. So I had a lot of comedy store people um, specifically uh, sending me jokes. And it's a, it, it, like they were rooting for me. And probably one of the coolest things that I saw was the night of my battle with uh, Sarah Tiana for the live finale. Um, someone sent a screenshot of the patio at the comedy store and it was standing room only and everyone was watching and me and Sarah are both equally loved. So I don't think anyone was rooting for me over Sarah, but I think they were, uh, pretty psyched that I had gotten to the live finale because I would say that outside of Christy Cielo, uh, I was probably the, the second biggest underdog. You know, I don't think anyone thought I would get past Jimmy Carr. Uh, or a lot of people didn't think I'd get past Tom Ballard. Um, 
and uh, so I did. And uh, you know, I brought up strategy earlier um, on roast battle, and uh, you know, writing for Sarah was tough because she's amazing. She's so likable and so funny. Now I'm 47. I think uh, I believe I was the oldest roaster in the uh, tournament. I mean, m maybe me and Jimmy Carr might be the same age, but uh, you know, age is always a big topic whenever I battle. Um, and it's it's fun to make fun of a guy who's older. You, you know, especially during roast battle, it's a it's a definite target. And uh, I think Sarah Tiana is. Uh, I'm not sure how old Miss Pat is. But Sarah might have been the oldest female roaster in the, uh, I think Sarah's 37. And she looks great. She looks like she's in her late 20s. But, uh, you know, when I was formulating my strategy and knowing that Sarah Silverman's a judge, and I knew, I think there was a Comedy Central roast where uh, Sarah was a part of it. And uh, there were a lot of jokes about the, some of the older female comics on the dais and uh it was rumored that uh, Sarah did not like them. Sarah Silverman did not like the attacking a woman for her age. So I was very, um, was very uh, on my toes, I guess you'd say, about not doing any age jokes against Sarah Tiana. Because in uh, Sarah's battle with Sam Morell, he went hard on age. And uh, it just set Sarah up for monster rebuttals. And uh, I would say Sarah's a lot like me from the standpoint of, uh, I mean, Sarah's a better writer than I am, but I think we're, we're both really good at rebuttals, <clears throat> which is, I, I think it's a huge mistake for someone to attack my age. Uh, like a lot of the LA battles, people of Earl's an old man, Earl's this, Earl's that, but it just sets me up for rebuttals. Like I might be old, but I'm going to outlive you because you look like shit. Um, type of replies, which play big, especially in the belly room. So I think the first joke, but Sarah had great strategy because uh, anyone who knows me, you know, I'm a counter puncher. You know, I don't write traditional roast jokes per se. I, I write more rebuttals. So I always like to go second because I like to hear the first joke and then go, well, you are this. And Sarah actually, uh, I think through watching every battle I had in Montreal, knew that I like to do that. So she made me go first. Well, she didn't make me, but she kind of, you know, when you're called out on stage as, well, why don't you go first? It's hard to turn it down. Like, you know, with Tom Ballard, I think my line was, well, Tom's going home early tomorrow, so I think he should go first. And Tom looked at me like, you son of a bitch. Uh, and he couldn't really say, well, why don't you go first? Because that would make him look weak. And I did the same thing with Jimmy Carr. I was like, well, Jimmy, you're the champ. Why don't you show me how it's done? And, you know, I don't think, well, Jimmy's not going to, you know, uh, look weak under any circumstance, but he did go first. Um, so I did an abortion joke that, you know, didn't bomb, but it did lukewarm. And, uh, and then, you know, we were off to the races, me and Sarah, and she hit me with some really super funny uh, pedophile jokes. And, uh, you know, I had some good jokes. Uh, you know, I would say my jokes two through four were really good. Uh, uh, I think one super strong rebuttal. and But uh, none of Sarah's jokes did poorly. You know, like my first joke did okay. All her jokes killed. And all I needed to win was for just one of her jokes to not do well or just do mediocre so I could jump on it. And uh, she beat me fair and square, no doubt about it. And she's amazing. 
And then Mike Lawrence. And we made out at the end of the... Uh, we had uh, agreed that no matter who won, me or her, at the end of our battle, we would kiss full on the lips. And uh, we did. And it made the loss uh, a little easier to handle when you're kissing Sarah Tiana on live TV. It's like, life is good. Um, and then uh, Mike Lawrence beat Kay Trevor in a very, very close battle. Uh, me and Sarah were first. And then Mike and uh, Kay Trevor went uh, second. And uh, it was incredibly close. A few people thought Kay Trevor won, but Mike Lawrence was given the decision. Here's where the crazy part got. We had eight minutes. When I finished my battle with Sarah, I instantly went upstairs into a quiet room with Omid Singh, and we talked strategy. And eight minutes later, I was out there for the third place uh, finale between me and Kay Trevor. And I was so fried at that point. You know, I had my first two jokes memorized, and then I had nothing. I was like, literally, I don't care what Kay Trevor says, I'm going into rebuttals. I'm just going to play on what he says. And uh, first joke went well. I think it was, uh, Kay Trevor, you look like you face-swapped with a water buffalo. <laughs> Stupid. It's not a fat joke. And he, he laughed. And let me tell you this much. Kay Trevor's a fucking legend. He is amazing. And it was a real honor to go up against him. And then uh, he had some super funny jokes about me being a trust fund kid. And uh, my second joke probably won me the battle, which was uh, Kay Trevor's uh, favorite drink is ginger ale. Not because he's a redhead, but because he lives he uh, leaves every girl in Canada dry. And it killed. And uh, And then he followed that one up with a Kennedy reference. And I was able to spin it with, well, uh, K. Trevor, I am related to the Kennedys, but with the size of your head, my Uncle John would still be alive if you were riding next to him. And that killed. So I had two back-to-back -back jokes that, you know, killed. And then uh, we both had one last joke. And uh, Sarah Silverman and Judd Apatow were like, Earl, you redeemed yourself for your uh, loss against Sarah. So I ended up uh, winning third place, K. Trevor fourth. <laughs> And then in the finales, uh, Mike Lawrence uh, decisioned Sarah Tiana to become the Roast Battle champ. And it was grueling. I mean, I wish, you know, the afternoon of uh, the live finale, I wish someone would have taken a picture of me, Sarah, Mike, and Kay Trevor. Because you could tell none of us went out for the previous 36 hours. We were all in our rooms writing jokes on each other. You know, uh, that morning of the live finale, I went to the gym and me and Sarah were in there together. And you could tell it was like two dogs who knew they were going to fight in a couple hours. But we were it was never uh, anything but love. I love Sarah Tiana. I love Mike Lawrence. I love Kay Trevor. I mean, really, I love everyone that was in this tournament. And uh, the live finale was uh, incredible. And, uh, you know, it was an honor to be a part of it. And a lot too many people to thank, you know, Brian Moses, Jeff Ross, uh, all of Comedy Central. Uh, you know, Comedy Central were amazing to us. Uh, you know, of course, about an hour or two, uh, Erica Mills uh, producing like a maniac up there, making sure we were all in the right place. All the writers, you know, Jerron Horton, uh, Kevin Shinney, uh, Ed Larson, uh, you know, Eric Marino, just... Uh, so many people think I'll never do a good job at that. And uh, 
probably the number one question I get is what was your favorite uh, moment of the week? Uh, and there's a couple moments that stand out. Uh, on the first night in my battle with Tom Ballard, uh, you know, me and Tom are going back and forth. And uh, the cool thing about these uh, battles was they would have us cut wrestling promos on each other before our battles, you know, which they would show before the battles on TV. And, the, you know, because of my love of pro wrestling, I was very versed in what to say. And uh, me and Tom Ballard, uh, <laughs> you know, they would have us do it uh, solo. You know, I would say stuff about Tom. He wouldn't be there. And Tom would say stuff about me. And then they would have us do it together. And uh, me and Tom acted like we were making out. And at one point I threw him to the ground. I took off his pants and we uh, were simulating having sex with each other. Because I, I know where the cameras are, baby. Daddy knows what time it is. And I'm like, this is getting on TV. And it did. Uh, so that was one of my favorite moments. Um, and another favorite moment is the first night uh, with Tom. You know, we're doing our battle and we're going back and forth. And it was a very close battle. I mean, by no means did I blow him out of the water. I mean, it was, you know, uh, I think it went to overtime. And uh, it was a great battle because our styles are very similar from the standpoint of the the brevity of our jokes. And I look over to my left, and in the front row, there is a fan wearing a Skakel Army t-shirt. And it was done in the style of the Kiss Army shirt. So this fan knew I was a Kiss fan, and he made up this shirt. And it's like, you know, to do comedy for 16 years with little to no success, other than relying on Rob Schneider and, and you know, really kind of coattailing on his success. But to be on stage 16 years into stand-up, and to look out and see there's some dude you've never met before in your life with a Skakel Army t-shirt on. That was pretty fucking cool. And it almost I almost started to cry because it made all the struggle, all the bad shows, all the driving around this country for nothing, uh, all the bitterness that's been in my body at certain points of comedy. It made it all worth it just to see that. It wasn't about the money. It wasn't about being on TV. It was about, wow. I have a fan that likes me that much. He would spend money on putting my name on a t-shirt. That's pretty cool. And uh, probably the wackiest moment uh, was during the live finale. And me and Jeff Ross have a great relationship. Uh, the weekly shows here every Tuesday uh, at the Comedy Store in the Belly Room. Notice how I slipped that little plug in. Um, Jeff will always try and set me up with a one-liner. Hey, Earl, what'd you think about Trump? Hey, Earl, what did you think about uh, Bernie Sanders? Or, hey, there was a race riot in Baltimore. Earl, what are your thoughts? And uh, I think Jeff, since I was a little more nervous than usual, because like I said, it was live TV. And uh, I think you had an hour and 10 minutes. I think they gave uh, the show an extra 10 minutes to go over to take in for the uh, judges, uh, you know, talking maybe longer and, and uh, the the wave. And by the way, the wave killed it. Jeremiah Watkins, uh, Jamar Neighbors, and Willie Hunter, uh, the stars of the show every night. Um, but, you know, you have to kind of take in, um, you have to account for the time they're going to come on stage and, and whatnot. And so Jeff, since, you know, was a little nervous, looked at me and said, Earl, what do you think of my outfit? <clears throat> Now, Jeff had like a, a derby hat on and a, kind of a wild-looking ensemble. And on live TV, mind you, I was like, well, Jeff, uh, your hat says gay, but your outfit says faggot. And as soon as I started formulating the word faggot, I'm like, I'm like, Jesus, this is live TV. 
but I had gone on, uh, I'd gone too deep. <laughs> there was no time and no chance certainly to turn back. So, uh, that was probably my, uh, I don't know if I would say it was my favorite night, but, uh, our favorite moment, but it was definitely the most memorable. I mean, how many times you get to call a big comedy star that, and, uh, you know, the judges were awesome. You know, David Spade and Kevin Hart the first night, amazing. Uh, Judd Apatow and uh, Sarah Silverman, uh, unbelievable. Uh, you know, and on nights where I wasn't battling uh, Whoopi Goldberg and uh, Anthony Jeselnik, uh, just killed it. And it was really surreal, like I said uh, at the beginning, to go 16 years with no TV appearance to four times in one week. Uh, you know, even though I didn't win it and I was, uh, and Mike Lawrence, uh, unbelievable, gracious champion. I mean, just, you won't find it. You know, that was the cool thing about the final four, uh, all friends for life, all of them incredibly nice and, and humble and the other, uh, 12 contestants too. I mean, I'm friends with Ralphie. I'm, uh, I grew to be friendly with Mark Norman. Uh, you know, if we lived in the same city, we'd be, uh, Friends, obviously, I'm very good friends with Tony Hinchcliffe, Olivia. Uh, so it was just uh, Matt Broussard. I mean, everyone. To be in, just to be in this was winning, but to get to the live finale uh, was amazing. And although I'm really disappointed that I didn't win, it really couldn't have gone much better for me. Um, it was just amazing uh, to be a part of it, especially when you go back to the beginning of uh, Kenny Lyon and Josh Martin getting into a fight or a near fight. Two, three years later, it's on Comedy Central, and uh, here it's been picked up already. One of the fastest, if not the fastest, pickup for any Comedy Central show ever. So uh, I don't know what's going on uh, with the show in terms of, uh, you know, uh, next year, but I think it's going to be bigger and better, possibly more cities involved, more contestants. Uh, hopefully uh, we're brought back. Uh, some of the uh, battlers who... Uh, you know, uh, did well, uh, and uh, who knows what's going to happen with this show, but it's uh, really an amazing uh, show to be a part of, especially uh, for those of us who've been there uh, since the beginning, and if you missed it, uh, I'm sure Comedy Central is replaying it as we speak, but go on uh, www.cc.com, and uh, the episodes are there, and, uh, you know, uh, at Roast Battle on Twitter, uh, I think verbalviolence.tv, they have some great uh, recaps and whatnot. And it's also a good uh, site to go for the weekly battles. They do uh, breakdowns and interviews with certain battlers. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this recap. It was uh, an extreme honor to be a part of uh, the first uh, TV uh, appearance for Roast Battle. And uh, onward and upward from here for the show and uh, myself. Because I want that title. And uh, Mike Lawrence, I have a feeling we'll be battling sooner than later in L.A. It'd be an honor. And I better get my riders on board right now. So Inappropriate Earl, SoundCloud, Nightunes, Roast Battle. Uh, you know, follow it. It's just getting started. Yeah.